Welcome to the Starry-Eyed Effect. I'm Brendan. And I'm Jen. On this podcast, we'll be chatting about all things Williams Syndrome. Ups and downs, and what it's like living with Williams Syndrome. We're excited to share our community with you. Thanks for being here. doing well it's kind of a mess over here it's a mess over here we're just trying to stay alive uh in it's a mess in the terms of like it's the holiday season and it's just extra chaotic yeah Yeah. i just feel like we're balancing all the things and we've got like tons of you know like dance i have a dance recital this weekend um yeah uh, fun for anybody who doesn't know uh my kids girls are dancers but then i also dance um yep. so i need practicing this week which is um very important because i don't know i don't know my thing um and yeah we had a band concert last week and we have orientation it's it's just bananas i'm having a hard Ori- time orientation for what what are you or what are you orienting my younger kiddo is going to sixth grade next year so it's oh they're already grade. doing orientation for sixth grade yeah Holy buckets. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess good. It get, you know, get, get on top of all of that, I suppose. Yeah. How are you guys? Are you guys busy? Are you feeling the busy stress? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Rocking the uh, Williams Center Association merch. So if you haven't gotten your holiday merch yet, please go out and go to Outshine Labels and grab some of that. You have until the Christmas ornament. I would say, uh, I believe the cutoff is like the 18th. If you were hoping to get it before the Christmas holiday. Uh, so if you, um, if you need to, uh, but yeah, Outshine Labels has a bunch of uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Yep. Um, I just got a, I just got actually, I got a bunch of, um, stuff. I don't know if you guys follow the, um, Cedar Lake twins. Oh yeah. And I just got, uh, these stars, um, they named, they're like star ornaments that they named after Stella. It's really cute. And I got a bunch of them in the mail. So I feel very festive. We're gonna have to come up guys we're gonna have to come up with something some sort of holiday extravaganza aren't we yeah we're gonna have to dress up a lot of pressure dress up yeah Ooh. for like the holidays um i gotta see if i can find my elf onesie from the movie there you go there you go <laughs> uh i could give a little tease for uh for what i'll be my you know mine's gonna be more of a dickensian uh vibe this year nice Very fancy like you were talking about how you got band concerts and stuff like that. Uh, my son is in Bennett is now doing adapted hockey and, you know, and so uh, we're, yeah. there's, there's a lot of hockey between now and the, and the end of the year. Uh, so I'm. Isn't that, which, uh, like, that's typical Minnesotan, right? Minnesotan. Oh, state of hockey, baby. That's us today. Let's get to today's show. We had yeah. Scott Ottenheimer. Um, yeah. who's, ah, who's super cool. Buddy. Yep, he is currently uh, finishing up his run um, on the board, board of trustees. Uh, yep. So Brendan, Brendan knows him very well, and you know his, you know his wife, you know Jenna a little bit better, don't you, Jen? Yeah, I, I do. Um, we actually just met for the first time in it must have been in Chicago at the last convention. Mm. Um, but you know, us moms, us moms, we keep connected via the social medias and um i she's just very smart and well-versed and maya in terms of like williams syndrome like she definitely has some of those um 
Williams syndrome health issues that we hear about. She seems to have a, a lot of them. And so her mom and Scott are very um, much advocates for research and medical research that is, and just um, education and advocacy like in the Williams syndrome community. So definitely fun to talk to him and appreciate the, all that they both do, even though Jenna couldn't have joined us. Um, she was at tennis, so hopefully her tennis <laughs> match is that what we that what happened? I mean, yeah, I guess it could be match. It could have just been, you know, it practice, practice. is important too. Practice. So it could have just been practice. Your tennis thing uh, went well. Yes. <laughs> uh, aces for Jenna. Yes, and and yeah. for those listening, just be with be with us as we figure out December and try to make the next podcast work. Right. <laughs> Yes, it might just be the three of us talking in the middle of the night. Hopefully, oh, yeah, I mean, it might be. I See, and that's the thing. When the three of us get a chance to just chat for a while, I find that entertaining. I don't know that the listener finds it as it. as uh, in, uh, engaging as... Um, as we do. As, but, yes, we'll just think... Stay with us. Stay with us, listener. Hang on. We love you. We're in 2024. Yes. Hey Scott, how are you? Doing well, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing well, doing very well. So for those who don't know who you are, uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit, uh, a little, everyone a little bit about yourself and what you do for the WSA. Yeah. Well, hi, I am Scott Ottenheimer. I uh, live in the suburbs of Chicago with my wife, Jenna, my seven-year-old daughter, Maya, who has Williams syndrome, my five-year-old uh, daughter, Noah, and my dog, Murphy. Um, this is my last year on the board of trustees for the Williams syndrome Association. Um, so started, can't believe it's been two terms of, of three years each. Uh, held a variety of positions in the board or on the board. Uh, I was treasurer, I think, for three or four years. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to be vice president for one year. And the job of vice president was great because the president did all the work. And I was just number two in case anything happened. But I will tell you, being the treasurer is like the hardest and most thankless job you can have because it's, it's the job where you're looking at the numbers and you're saying, no, 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 maybe we could do this. No. And you're trying to figure out a way to be, um, you know, good stewards of the, you know, of the money from our donors while also supporting our mission and moving and moving forward. So, um, but luckily right now um, we have uh, an accountant who, um, who are working closely with. And so that's made my job as treasurer a lot easier. Stella's going to ask a question. I have Stella, my sidekick with me this afternoon <laughs> she just got out of school coming in hot like a fajita coming in hot like a fajita from this from bus what are you gonna ask scott hmm do you remember his daughter's name no what is your what is maya doing right now right now i want to say maya is playing with her sister but the reality is maya is watching her ipad oh do you watch your ipad do you like your ipad yeah well, tell us about, yeah, I know you have two girls, as do we. Tell us about um, both your girls and, and Maya and how you started this Williams Syndrome journey. Yeah, so look, uh, you know, we, so when Maya, Maya was born, um, she was, well, my wife, Jenna, was measuring small, and we had to go 
for an ultrasound. She had passed meconium. They're like, we got to get Maya out. And, um, you know, she was born, had a little bit of a heart murmur, a little bit of jaundice, and, and you know, we, we thought something was up. Um, right away, went to the cardiologist. Cardiologist said, yeah, just a little heart murmur. We're not really concerned. Uh, about three months later, went back to the cardiologist, saw, uh, did an echocardiogram, saw uh, supervalvular aortic stenosis, mm. uh, uh, pulmonary stenosis, and both of those with the combination of Maya not really eating a lot, sleeping a lot, um, she was diagnosed with Williams syndrome, which was uh, which was certainly very hard for for my wife and I at the time. And um, she needed uh, Maya needed open heart surgery, so she had her first open heart surgery at Lurie Children's in Chicago. Uh, that did not go uh, as planned, and so we had her second open heart surgery. Uh, at Boston Children's Hospital, where uh, where they they saved her life, and you know we were certainly nervous about uh, Maya and her um, development and what it would be like to have uh, a daughter with different abilities. And uh, we had uh, come to learn about all of the amazing gifts uh, that people with Williams syndrome have, and feel very fortunate. Um, Noah, on, on the other hand, she's five. We call Noah Maya's older, younger sister. Um, so Noah absolutely watches out for Maya. Um, I mean, just yesterday, uh, we celebrate Hanukkah in order to celebrate, in order to celebrate Hanukkah. We had to have Maya and Noah get in their pajamas. And Noah, of course, helped Maya get in her pajamas very quickly. Um, and, and so, you know, from a parent's perspective, and, and, and certainly the way, you know, I grew up, um, in the way my wife grew up, we we were very focused on school and education and 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 making sure that you know our our daughters grew up to to have a very successful life, right? And it was measured by education and job. And um, what this experience has taught us is that uh, it's it's so much more than that. And you know, as a parent, if Maya and Noah are best friends and they're looking out for one another. Then we know we've we've done something right, and um, you know, and it, it and it took, I guess, an event like that to realize that. But it was uh, it was it, it it was and it still is uh, a blessing. I think. Well, from what I see of Noah, I feel like she's my spirit animal. She just seems to have like a big personality. She's kind of like fun and crazy and vibrant and I love all those things about her um so I am excited though to hear that she has such a good relationship with Maya because my two girls are three years apart they do not they do not have that good of a relationship I hope that maybe that comes full circle hang on full circle when um, they get older can you would you like to ask a question yeah yeah you can ask a question in one second okay yeah um, I hope it comes full circle when they get older, but right now we're, so my girls are, how old are you? 13, I'm the oldest. You're the oldest, 13, and then Greer is our youngest, and she's 10, so we're kind of hitting that, like, Mommy. teen tween spot Mommy. anyway, where there's always tension, um, yeah. and I think that's even yeah. more so with a disability. When did yeah. you ask about how old? You got it. How old was mine when she got her surgery? She was three months old. 
and six months old. Uh, so she's had two surgeries along with a couple stents. And she also about a month ago had surgery on her eyes because she had tear duct stenosis. Yeah. Tell uh, me, tell us about that because is that a common Williams syndrome thing or is that just unique to Maya's profile in addition to her Williams syndrome? It's a common Williams syndrome. So it's, it's, it's the issue with elastin and And, and that's, so that's also, we're heading to Boston. Um, so actually I'm taking my to Boston Wednesday. Uh, and then my wife is coming Thursday. So we have, so Maya also has bladder reflux. So uh, the urine is refluxing into her kidney again, as a result of uh, the lack of elastin. Um, so we're getting an opinion in Boston. Uh, we're thinking that she probably needs to have uh, a surgery again. Um, and that's, um, you know, it's interesting because obviously it's it's terrible and, and we feel we feel horrible for, for Maya, but we also feel bad for, for our youngest Noah. And, you know, you talk about the relationship between sisters and similar to Greer, Noah is a younger sister and there's a lot of jealousy um, and I would be jealous too. So, you know, I'm going to Boston with Maya. Noah is going to stay home. Then Jenna's leaving the next day and Noah's not coming. And that is really, really, really tough for anybody to feel that they're number two and they're not number two. And so it's it's interesting because as a parent, we of course have to figure out how we uh, how we best manage that. And so, you know, Noah will get jealous and then she will not share toys and then they will argue. And so, I mean, like nothing is perfect. However, um, I do feel that, um, that she's starting to understand that Maya is different, but it's also interesting because as a parent and you're a little bit ahead of, I, uh, of where we are, I, I don't know how to be consistent, right? How to parent consistently between our, our two kids that are, you know, two, three years apart. Mm. Yeah, no, no, I have no good strategies other than like all of this is going to come out later when Greer goes to therapy and I'm just planning on that happening. And like, I did the best I could, did the best I could. Um, yeah. Brendan, how did it go with your, do you have siblings? You do, right? I- I do. I have an older sister and an older stepbrother. Um, there's seven seven or eight years between me and my sister and me and my stepbrother because they're both the same age. Um, so when I was younger, you know, do we always get along? No. But, you know, now that I'm older and she's older, we, we get along great. Um, you know, we... We have each other's backs. We always look out for each other. You know, we play music in the same bands together. So, you know, it's a family thing. And um, it, it it took a while. Once things cooled down, it was groovy, you know. That's good. Yeah. It, you know. Fingers crossed. So you both, you both know each other because you guys have been on the board together, serving alongside yes. each other. Um, I would love to hear Scott just like kind of how I know you told us about your tenure with um, the board and how that's looked in terms of the different positions that you've held. But like, how has the experience been as a parent um, of a child with Williams syndrome to like go behind the scenes and learn how the infrastructure works and be a part of shaping that? Uh, stressful, rewarding, all the above, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic, right? Um, when you're on a board, 
and you're with other board members. One of the most amazing thing about the WSA board is that we are all super passionate and we all have intent, good intentions of making sure that the WSA is going in the right direction. Um, we may disagree. And believe me, there's been plenty of times I've disagreed with, with my fellow board members. And most of the time I've lost that disagreement. Uh, but, but, but it's coming from a place of, of good. And, 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 and so there's a difference between other boards that I've been on or even corporate boards where you're disagreeing for political reasons. You're disagreeing for, you know, to, to get ahead. Right. I, I don't believe that's the case in this board. I haven't seen it within the last six years. I believe this board um, is and will continue to be a very passionate board who want what's best for the WSA. Um, you know, but but it's certainly it's certainly interesting, right? Because you when you're on this board, you're 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 a fiduciary. And so there are decisions that have been voted on, for example, that are best for the WSA that I may not think is best for my daughter, yep. right? Uh, yep. On a personal level. And you yep. have to take that personal hat off and you have to vote and you kind of have to put a business hat on. Yep. And, and, and so that's that's the hard part about being on a board that you're yeah. super passionate about. Um, and there were hard decisions that we've had to make over the last six years. Many yeah. decisions I agreed with, many decisions I disagreed with, but you go and you do it as a unified front and you make sure that you're you're moving forward and you're supporting uh you're supporting the mission the vision um and you're providing whatever support is necessary to the executive director yeah, yeah that i i agree with scott totally like okay. for me one of the hardest things i think was you know when the former you know executive directors you know you know when she left and i had to take my friendship out of that and look at it as a business standpoint that has been like the hardest thing for me being on the board you know in the last three years for sure yeah so i can totally relate to that yeah um, it, yeah. Was, it was hard I, I think it was hard for everybody on the board it wasn't yeah you know it, it it's never change is always tough and yeah. you know whether you agree with the change you disagree with the change the board has to march in one direction and the organization has to continue moving forward yeah. yeah, it's, it's, so I kind of see it like, or two comments I would make, like one, I mean, Maya was like one, right? When you joined the board. So like you combined like this whole life journey of Williams syndrome, along with a mission to serve on the board. And to your point, it is, I always say this, I right? like, um, and some people are not a fan of it. I come from a business background and it's like the WSA is a business, right? We are a nonprofit. Um, yeah. But ultimately, nonprofits are businesses, right? And there are things that you have to do to run a business so that the business can continue so that it can be viable. And one of them is, is the fifth goal piece of it, which I know you were really very much a part of. Um, and that's hard for people to understand sometimes, right? There's some things that you do as a parent or don't want the WSA to do um, because you're leading with that emotion, right? But like if the numbers don't make sense, if they're there or not there, right? That's a very important part of the decision because ultimately, we, we want to strive for the longevity, right? We want to provide those services and those resources to our community, but we have to have the funds to do it. And, and if we don't have the funds, we, we can't do the things. Um, 
which is why donation and giving back to the WSA is so important, but it creates like that, that, that conflict, right. That we're, we're always trying to balance, um, those real decisions of running a business with the emotions of serving the people in the community we love. So I'm sure that that has been hard. And I think you mentioned it, that there were a lot of decisions over the course of the time. Six years is not only a long time, but there was a lot of change that happened in six years. Um, What are the things that you're most proud of? Well, you know, one of the things, and, and Jen, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the reasons I, I joined the board was, uh, you know, right when after Maya was diagnosed, White Knight was the White Knight uh, fundraiser was happening. And uh, I said, well, you know, I'm part of the Williamson Association. I want to get my company to sponsor it. Um, and I was having a tough time convincing my company to give $10,000 for a table because our expense ratio was too high for them. I think they wanted mm-hmm. to see a 10 to 15% admin expense ratio. And we were a little bit above that at the time. And, and I, re- I remember thinking, well, you know, look, I got a strategy and management consulting background. I'm now more in a finance and procurement role, or I was at the time. I was like, I bet I can help figure out how we can try to um, to, to change the ratio. I, I ultimately got my company to donate, but like I figured if my company was having a hard time, maybe other companies were too. Um, and so what can we do to, to look at those ratios um, and where can I provide value? Uh, and, and so, you know, when I, when I think about and I reflect on, you know, on, on the board, uh, I think the thing that, that you know, most most proud of is um, the relationships that I've developed um, on a selfish standpoint uh, over over the last six years. So that that's probably number one. But as it relates to the WSA, uh, I think looking at where we were six years ago to the direction that the WSA is is you know was going in and is continuing to go in, uh, I am very 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 optimistic for the future. I think. COVID was certainly uh, a tough time. I think we've had tough time fundraising. We've been in a year of transition. Um, you know, obviously it's 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 tough when you when you bring in uh, you know a, a new executive director and, uh, and and whatnot. But being able to see from you know where we are to where we're continuing to go, I think it's fantastic. I've been very fortunate because you know had an opportunity. Uh, to to work with Terry, the former or former executive director, who has done, I mean, fantastic things for the WSA uh, mm-hmm. in getting it to where it is, and then I see, um, you know, what Mary's doing and taking that work and really expanding it. So we're having we have you know putting, and by we I mean the team is. I'm really not doing anything other than over overseeing it as a board and same with Brendan, but 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 having uh, standard operating procedures, having um uh structured board manuals having um updated finance um and investment policies um you name it and so and so seeing the organization go from we'll call it this hyper growth mode from you know the 90s to to where it was maybe a couple of years ago and then now it's the okay so we're in the growth mode now we're in we'll call it stabilization mode where we're actually going to put these policies and procedures together and that way, um, we know that the longevity of it, you know, if any, if anybody else comes in, we're going to have these things in place. If anybody audits us, we know, um, you know, where we stand from a policy and procedure standpoint. So I, I'm really proud of, of, of 
seeing the growth over the last you know six years with uh, call it two administrations i don't know if i can ask this question or if i'm allowed joel can tell me if i'm not but could you talk about for those people who don't fully understand the dynamic of the WSA and how we manage our funding. Are you equipped to talk about that? Um, or just like in that six years where we started and where we are now, I think it's important for people to understand what we do, the money that they contribute. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a good good question. And I think when you look at, you know, where our funding priorities are right now, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think in the past we we could give a very clear answer. But right now, I mean, and it's on our website too, 41% yeah. of the funds are going to, uh, uh, we'll call it the non-administration funds, right? So when when, when we're giving out funds, 41% is going to education and awareness. 33% is going to research and 26% are going to scholarships and or special initiatives, right? And so, uh, and obviously there, there's, you know, that that equals 100% uh, percent. now. I'm, I'm not, I'm excluding the percentage, you know, they would go down a little bit because I'm excluding kind of the admin and overhead. But if I look at where our where our money goes, and we think about a pie chart, um, you know, the the vast majority, um, you know, seventy four percent, seventy five percent would be going to education, awareness, and research. Um, and, and, and so I think that's kind of where we're at today. Uh, I think the organization. Uh, the, the the staff has done a very good job trying to figure out via surveys where they want us to or or, or where they want uh, where where members want the WSA to spend their time and money, and, and so I think that's still being developed, and I still think that's a work in progress. I will tell you, uh, I'll probably get yelled at by um, by Mary and uh, Sindra, the board president, but because this is the last year of me being on the board, I'm allowed to say it. We had a call this morning. <laughs> Um, talking about uh, talking about certain research priorities. Um, I certainly have a passion project, but that may not be the rest of the board, and that's okay. Um, it's extremely important to have multiple views and, and a diverse group of, of of thought, which we have, or we're starting to have more of, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, well, one thing that I know and I wanted to touch on, so you mentioned that um, the the way that we, we as I'm, I don't work for the WSA, the way that the WSA manages um, their funding is published on the website. Um, I just thought it was a good opportunity. Some people don't read the website, right? And they listen and learn through other means like a podcast. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so, but if you want more information, there is more information on the WSA website. Um, about what that funding uh, priority and those that pie looks like per se. Um, I also think what you shared is really important to mention that, um, again, it's a business, right? Like you got admin people, we got to pay for the admin people. Part of our funding has to pay for people to do the things. Um, so that does come out of it. But actually, I think overall, our admin spending percentage it sounds like I don't know if it's changed recently. It's been it's quite low, um, and being able to 
give or funnel um, the percentages that you're talking about back into education, back into research. Um, it's it's really extraordinary and that allows us to really enrich the, the lives of those and the families that are impacted by Williams syndrome. So I, I think that's tremendous and I don't think that we um, share enough of that, that um, really it's unique that we're able to give so much back to um, our direct community. Yeah, fundraising has been um, has been a little bit of a challenge this year. Uh, full full disclosure, and and part of that we had planned on that because we had a transition year, um, okay. and and we we spent a lot of time focusing on our in and by we I mean the staff has spent a lot of time focusing on uh, a lot of the internal operations. So fundraising has been um, has been down this year. And, uh, but the year is not over. So for anybody listening, please donate, <laughs> donate what you can. Every little bit helps. Um, yep. it, it's, you know, it, it's this organization who we, we, we continue to grow. We continue to evolve. Um, you know, uh, I think that there's a lot of folks who don't benefit from the WSA who really could. And in order to get, uh, get, get the word out to more people uh, and to help more people uh, and it takes, that takes money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so think, and I, it's some, you don't have to share it, but you said you have a passion project. Um, is that something that you are going to pursue as you exit the board or is that something that <laughs> you're leaving as part of your, your will? No, so, so, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm really, I really like, um, I really like um, both the educational research, um, so how how people with Williams syndrome learn, um, which I think is very different. What I've learned is very different depending on who you are. Um, so I, I'm very interested in that. I'm very also I'm also very interested in the medical research. Um, so when I talk about passion projects, I talk about cardiovascular research. I talk about elastin research. Um, I talk about uh, well, right now it's a selfish thing, but kidney and <laughs> and bladder research, right? And so, um, so so for me, you know, I, I, I like I like a lot of the medical research. Um, you know, I, I I don't think that right now um, it is the top priority. Just even though it's my top priority, that doesn't mean it has to be. Um, you know, I think connecting people is a really, really, really important thing that the WSA is focusing on and going to focus on. Um, and I'm totally supportive of that. But yeah, my my passion, uh, I probably for the last six years, it has been, um, you know, cardiovascular research and, uh, and whatnot, but it's also been educational research. Uh, and it's also been, um, it's also been connecting people with the community and networking. And we're all just so important. So just because, you know, my passion project's that, it's not, you know, we'll call it, um, it's not as much on the programming side right now, but I'm guessing that will change when my six-year-old becomes a 13-year-old or a 15-year-old. Yep. So, um, you know, your 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 passion projects change as, as you go, um, you know, as you evolve. And again, you wear you, you wear the hat of of a dad, right? And obviously, as a dad, I think about the cardiovascular and I think about the kidney risks. Um, that's what I think about right now. But as a board member, I'm thinking about how do we best put the WSA in a position to to fund those research opportunities in the future. And in order to do that, 
we need to make sure we have the community, we have the network, uh, and we have the resources to do that. Um, so you sometimes got to crawl before you walk, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you could talk about that a minute. You were talking about how when you first kind of joined the WSA, it was like white night was happening and that you were trying to get your business to donate and that there were some roadblocks there. Um, I think that I have run into that as well. I mean, like this summer I coordinated a golf tournament and I was like, okay, like, like I coordinated a golf tournament before, like this is going to be easy, not easy. It was very difficult. Um, and, and more specifically, very difficult to gain the attention of big businesses that do often have the dollars to kind of make the, the strides that we need to, to as a nonprofit organization. Um, what suggestions would you have for our community if they're wanting to pursue those big asks with corporations? Or um, in other words, how, how can we go out and continue to spread the message about Williams syndrome and really get the, the attention of these folks that have some discretionary dollars to, to share with us? That's where I defer to our newest board member and future vice president, Rebecca Pages, who is a marketing okay. genius uh, to, to, to help with that. No uh, pressure, Rebecca. What was that? No pressure, right? And no, no, lots of pressure. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that's, you know, and, and that's where, you know, that's where, where Mary and the staff come in. Um, you know, that's, that's where uh, I think they've started doing a really good job building relationships, um, expanding on the relationships that were previously built. Um, I, I don't know the answer. It's much harder than you than you think it is. Yep. You know, you have you have some large organizations, you, you know, American Cancer Society and um, right. you know, those are that, that have a name brand and are, um, you know, it's a great organization. It's very tough for an organization such as the Williams Syndrome Association, which is a lot smaller of an organization that affects a lot less people. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think part of it is the education. So educating people who donate that a lot of companies have a matching program. Yep. So right. to get to get on the radar, to get them on the radar, to to for folks who are working for corporations, talk about it, talk about Williams Syndrome, talk about how important the WSA is talk about everything they do for the community. Um, you know, we need every member of the WSA to be a brand ambassador uh, and to help with corporate America. You know, if, if we need corporate information, you know, if we need a, um, you know, a W9 or whatever, you know, to, you know, and, and, you know, EINs and all that, those are readily available. If we, if, if someone asks, you know, can you send us your financials? We have that readily available and in a good format. If people are asking for the strategic plan, that's there. If they want to see our inclusion statement, that's there. Our funding priorities, that's there as well. And so they, I believe the WSA has all the tools. It's just a matter of navigating the organizations and getting in the door. Yeah, and maybe, as you were saying it, maybe, um, maybe I, I'm thinking now a different direction of, you know, like the dollars, no matter how they come in, are really important. And so a lot of times, I think, even myself included, right? It's like, oh, well, if I do a little birthday fundraiser on Facebook, right? Like it's going to generate a hundred dollars and that's not really impactful. Um, but every one of those, right? It's the collective. If we all do it and over the course of time, we collectively raise a hundred dollars per um, member of the community, right? Like those dollars add up and they're really important. So, so maybe the, it's not the thought of 
grabbing corporate donations. It's the the point of, you know, no matter if it's a big or a small donation, every donation matters. And so doing those little, um, you know, bake um, sales, doing the, I know there was like a Kool-Aid in our neighborhood, a Kool-Aid fundraiser one year for what WSA, um, doing like any type of small fundraiser and funneling those dollars back to the WSA. Um, if we all collectively think about, you know, just over the course of our year doing one little fundraiser to raise a little bit of money for the WSA, if every one of us did that, um, the impact itself would be huge and and we'd be able to take on all the projects that everybody asks us to because i'm sure there's no shortage of of asking of of things no 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 shortage of asking but you're right i mean every little bit makes a difference i mean right now i think we've raised close to we're doing our you know 2023 annual appeal and we can raise close okay. to seventeen thousand dollars give or take yeah. um goal is two hundred thousand dollars i believe okay. um but we're, you know, I, I think we're doing things um, a little bit different this year in terms of our ask, too. I mean, you could text give WSA to 41444 and via text message, like really easy. <laughs> um, so make it, try to make it super easy to donate. But yes, having having a, you know, having events. And I want to be clear about this, though, because events are important. And mm -hmm. events are very good, but there are a lot of events that could cost the WSA money rather than right. not. And so uh, yeah. the rule of thumb, of course, at least I try and I so we, I throw the carnival in Chicago with my wife. Um, you know, we, we try to have an 80 percent ratio where, you know, 20 percent are expenses, 80 percent goes back to the WSA. Uh, it's self-funded. We we ended up with like a 75 percent. Uh, so I'm really mad about that. And we're going to get better next year. Uh, but we want to make sure that, you know, to have an event, um, what would be great is if the WSA didn't have to pay for the event, uh, yeah. to raise money, it'd be nice to, uh, to certainly get, get the money without having to, um, to spend money. But we also understand it takes money to make money. Yeah. Mm. Over the long term, right? Like you said, you, it's baby steps. You get to the point where your carnival is so big that you've got corporate sponsors paying for all the expenses. Yeah. Tell us about the carnival because I love these ideas. I know um, who is it in your community in Chicago that does um, Ib Ibby's mom? Uh, uh, Amy, who's Amy, also a board yes. member. Yep. Amy, Amy does yeah. the like block party, and I love that idea. You guys do the carnival. I love these out of the box things that are different than the traditional like walk or golf tournament that we do. What tell us about the carnival? Oh well, the carnival happened accidentally. Um, <laughs> So uh, the first year we did our walk for Williams, my wife and I had planned that. And we had a number of sponsors and donations, which was great. And a number of people showed up. Uh, it was pouring rain. I mean, it was terrible. You can't trust the weather in Chicago. So yeah. we said never again. We scrambled and we found an indoor area that would that would allow us to go in, in to go indoors for that day. And we had like a bag set. We had little fun games to keep busy. But our walk turned into an indoor event. And so uh, for the next three, four years, we've been doing uh, an indoor uh, uh, indoor event. We you would call it, uh, we'd still call it a walk until um, a, a former uh, employee at the WSA came up with the idea of saying, hey, how about you call it a carnival and C-A-R-N-I-V-A-L-L, -L, so a carnival for all. Um, 
and and that's that's kind of how it, it came definitely not my idea in terms of the name i'm not that creative um but again can't trust the weather in chicago so we moved it indoors and um uh and and we've been seeing you know we've been able to raise you know 15 to thirty thousand dollars depending on the year uh, uh pretty consistently and and what do you do at the carnival? I'd like to know what your role is. Do you do you dress up? Are you gesturing? Are you are you juggling? What's your what's your trade? Uh, my trade is telling my friends who work for corporate America to get their companies to sponsor. Okay, okay. Uh, and then and then we we've had it the last few years at a um it's it was this arcade bar actually oh. on a Sunday from from ten to twelve or ten to one uh, where where there's plenty of games that can be played. We have a DJ catering either Dunkin' Donuts or McDonald's. Um, and then, you know, there there may be adult beverages as well that have been served uh, that is more of a, a cash bar, if you will. So um, uh, I would say the the other the other thing is drinking mimosas or Bloody Marys. I mean, that's perfect. That's so you're bartending is what you're saying. No, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm just drinking, I'm, just drinking. I'm, the drink. I'm purchasing beverages yes. with my own money. Yes. Yes. To get more but people it, to donate. Right. Yes. In the spirit of, of donation. Yeah. I like, but, but, I like, but, but, but that getting, getting raffle items and in the community helps. I mean, you know, obviously my wife, Jenna helped, um, other, other folks, who have uh, children with Williams syndrome uh, helped as well. So what? So what? Thinking about so you've got this upcoming um, visit in Boston's for Maya. Um, how does that affect her, like in school? Because right, is she can first grade, seventh, first grade, second, second grade, second grade. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So how how does that impact her and and school? Is that a challenge? Do those those challenges create issues for her at school or? It has. I yeah. mean, she she frequently has to go to the bathroom, <laughs> frequently urinate, so taking taking breaks. Um, but I mean, just you know, I think having to miss school as a result of doctor's appointments, I think that impacts the learning um, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Did you have to miss a lot of school, Brandon? Brandon? Um, no, uh, some here and there, but like for me, I had my surgeries when I was like really, really young. I had four hernias before the age of two. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, and a few other things. So I didn't really miss much. I did miss like two days or so, maybe more than that. Um, when I was 16, when I had my cardiac catheterization and almost had to have a defibrillator. And because um, I had worn an uh, overnight heart monitor and my heart spiked from like 40 to 200. Yeah. So it was pretty crazy. And then we immediately got the call at like 11 o'clock at night. You have to go to the emergency room now, like right now. So I spent like five or six days in the in the uh, hospital i did a stress test and a cardiac catheterization and then went straight back to school like day after i got home wow. I, yeah it was, it was it was tough it was really really tough yeah so. I, I think i mean i know stella stella is relatively healthy like she definitely has some you know things as a result of missing her last in but like none of it which keeps her out for very long at school so i just know how stressed 
how stressed I feel when we do even miss like a day or a half of a day. Um, I can't miss, imagine missing weeks. Yeah. Like if I had missed any more school, I would have had to be sent back a year. And it, I, I didn't want to do that. Like, I mean, it, it was pretty bad. Well, Brendan, what are you going to do without Scott on the board? You're going to be so lonely. I know. I'm going to miss my buddy, but I have his number and I know where to find him. And we can talk anytime. That's right. And sucks that he's leaving, but I have a lifelong friend. So I'll take that. No more, no, no more bicycle, no more bicycle cab rides from the bar to the hotel. That was one of my first favorite things about Austin um, because we we had gone out and then I myself was ready to head back because I was getting really tired and my knees were starting to hurt pretty bad. And so instead of like getting an Uber or a Lyft, we found this like little biker place where they had all these like bikes um, it reminded me of like Little Italy in uh, um, Baltimore because I did kind of the same thing. But the person that was driving us was a DJ. So she had a big speaker on the back of her bike and was bumping music. And it was so much fun. It was like probably the highlight of our trip, getting to ride with Scott and and just talk freely about stuff and take really cool pictures of the hotel at night, get video and everything. It was, it was baller. (laughs) Was she playing good music or? Oh yeah. She was bumping good tunes. Well, thank you, Scott, for joining us. It's, it's um, again, always a pleasure. And thank you for your service to the WSA. Six of your seven years um, is quite an accomplishment. So we appreciate you. Have you ever seen if we do this? Can you do it, Brendan? If we do, if Brendan. If do it. Oh, it, Scott did it. How did Scott do it? How does yes. Scott do it? Come on. Oh, come on. Yes. It does it all the wow. time. Wow. Yeah, isn't that awesome, dude? <laughs> that is really cool. How did did you know that your screen does that? Okay. I had no idea. You guys are extra special. I'm not sure. Oh, it must just be a board member thing because I've tried to do it and I get nothing. It's pretty cool. Been listening to the Starry-eyed Effect presented by the Williams Syndrome Association. The show is hosted by Jennifer Keaton and Brendan Lemieux, and produced by me, Joel Listman. Theme song by Tommy Barbarella and Mariella Elm. Got a question for the show? Email us at podcast at Williams-syndrome.org. Video version of the podcast available on the Williams Syndrome channel on YouTube. Review us on Apple Podcasts, and maybe it will get featured on a future episode. Make sure to like and subscribe to The Starry-Eyed Effect wherever you get your podcast delights.